Welcome to the Spoiler Alert podcast, and today is another episode in our Halloween marathon. We are going to be reviewing Pascal Langier's Martyrs. It was released in 2008, and just before we get started into the, into the detailed review here, it would be great if everybody watching on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe, hit the bell. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, try us out on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, try us out on YouTube. We now have a Patreon and we're available wherever podcasts are found. Uh, the opening scene of the film, we're in this like industrial area. It looks like I've, some kind of like, looks like factories, like yeah. uh, the like French said. like equivalent of Cleveland or whatever. Like there's this girl who's, head is shaven and she's obviously been tortured uh because she's got bruises cuts uh uh the clothes she's wearing are really old and like dirty and like not changed you know uh probably been there for months it seems um and she's she's running away and crying and then we get into the opening credits straight from that which is footage from 1971 where oh. people are kind of explaining like, oh, this is where this girl was found and no one ever found out who was capturing, capturing her. Uh, well, we see, and, I mean, yeah, the, the uh, hospital is putting together a sort of document on uh, their patients or whatever. So, uh, I mean, so there's just footage of her, you know, obviously, uh, in like a state of catatonia or catatonia you know uh, not getting along with the other children you know i mean just things like that and somewhere in there we see that she bonds with uh, a girl named anna yeah and so anna i believe was there because her parents were abusive right at least the mother yeah so because uh, i mean from that phone call later in the film that's what i mean seems to be indicated but um, yeah it's kind of so i don't know if it's like so not an orphanage but i mean it's a hospital that's also i, I don't know exactly yeah I mean, maybe some in between i mean she probably spent a good amount of time in an orphanage and a hot mental institution i don't know yeah we i don't get a ton on anna's background one thing i like about this movie is that it doesn't delve into too much like uh what's the word exploitation where you know, I mean, if you sh like, like to the, it's, you know, like even Alien 3 showed a little more like violence to kids than oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it, it said at the beginning of the film, and it, so it's a bit of a mystery that, I mean, uh, that Lucy wasn't raped. That's the only thing they, they can tell for sure. So uh, obviously, I mean, the question would be, well, then what was the point of, I mean, because typically those two things go hand in hand. So yeah, so you're kind of like wondering what they're after, like what the point of just torturing a kid is. I mean, so yeah, I suppose that's like kind of the first mystery. Um, after the after that documentary plays or whatever, uh, you know, the police uh, show up at the hospital. They they ask Anna, you know, if Lucy's had any breakthroughs in identifying who did that to her. Anna says that Lucy, she doesn't think Lucy can remember, and that's one of those things where it's like you. Know, I mean. The police don't really have a lot to go on and hearing that might have been maybe the final nail in the coffin of trying to find these people you know so which kind of could be a bit of a guilt trip if you know later on i mean if, if anna not believing lucy you know perhaps is the reason the police stopped investigating and 
this was allowed well, to go on. And not believing Lucy uh, caused a few problems uh, that we'll get into. There's like this dark figure, kind of like shadow ghoul or whatever, that attacks Lucy at night. And in a adjacent scene, we see like her in a bathtub with cuts on her arms. And, and she says she didn't do it, which is kind of the, the other thing, though. I mean, it, and it, it looks like Anna's going to try and help her cover it up. But I mean, realistically, how you could in a medical facility get away with cutting yourself up that bad. I mean, we see she's scarred all over the place. I mean, and I mean, I, I, it's just hard to imagine they'd let her go, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like they didn't get away with it. Well, uh, okay. Because I thought the idea was that Anna helped her successfully hide this, but it seemed like such a recurring I I always I always thought it was more that she helps like her just deal with it like okay. a little bit because uh, she's the only right. one that she can even talk that will well, even because like, I remember Lucy was like don't tell anybody and you know all that oh yeah. uh, but whatever um, I mean, yeah, yeah so there's I mean, they would definitely yeah they would definitely be checking wrists in a place like that right. so they probably figured out that she. They but then how she ever mean. managed to get discharged in the first place when she's still clearly having these like psychotic episodes i i don't know but like you said it cuts to 15 years later and we, and we just have this scene of like this really normal seeming family it's like a fake scare where uh, a sister is running away screaming uh and then like this this male figure who turns out to just be her brother like yeah. chases her down and tackles her and like it looks it's filmed as though it's like a violent scene, but it's right. kind of a fake out. And uh, she's just like running away with like a letter from his girlfriend and making fun of him. So like, they just seem like normal, like any movie family you've ever seen. They're, you know, talking about each other's future, this and that. And then uh, the doorbell rings, the father opens it and shotgun blast right through the chest. Yeah, he goes flying back and... Um... And it's Lucy all grown up. Which I gotta say, uh, it was probably good casting for the, the little girl that played Lucy because she does have a sort of a similar skin tone and eyebrows. And so like, that's always, I always like the, you know, because there have been some horrible, like, you know, where they try to pawn off some kid or you pass off some kid as, you know, a younger version of it. They look nothing like, you know, so uh, I always feel like that's worth, you know, praising when it, when it, they get it right, so. I believe she gets the mother next yep. in the kitchen and then she contemplates for a half a minute whether she wants to kill the brother or not because she asked him, do you know what your parents did mm. and all that? And uh, I don't, it's kind of ambiguous. We don't know. I don't think. I, I mean, I, I think he does, but I mean, you know, but he kind of just shrugs like, you know, you're crazy. What, what you know, what am I supposed to mm you know, but I mean, just my read on them, I think when I first saw it, like I did think that that's kind of the thing. I mean, the movie plays around with a, a bunch of different things. So, but uh, the way that scene shot is I think just done fantastically well. Cause like, I mean, it doesn't, you know, she's got the gun on him and it just, but it's focused completely on him. And so, you know, even though I thought, well, this movie just opened with a guy getting his chest blown out, I did think, and I was aware of its reputation to some degree, uh, you know, that like, okay, she's probably going to do it, you know, because um, it's that kind of movie. It's it's already established, you know, it's going to go for the shock. But I just, you know, you would have expected the camera to cut back to her face, you know, and the trigger pull or something. It doesn't. It just, 
I, and you just jump out of your chair because there's no warning, you know? It just stays on him when the decision is made. Right. So uh, I thought that was really uh, just a great technique. So. And then the sister makes a run for it, but eventually gets shot as well. She tried to hide under the bed and she shot through the bed and there's like these bet. Be- these, uh, yeah, these feathers, feathers yeah. that like cascade down and uh, it's just a cool looking shot right like you know they didn't have to do something like that they could have just you know killed yeah, her just they went out of their way to you know do something that i looked visually interesting <laughs> right, <laughs> i don't right. know uh i appreciate it uh, but, and and so I, the other thing because it, it'd be relevant later is, is that i mean a lot of these shots are very frenetic you know, um, I mean, not like, uh, not, a, a, some people might hear that and go, oh, you know, not, not ridiculous, not like mm-hmm. some of those Lionsgate action films or anything. I mean, but just, it, it's very, you know, it, it's very action heavy, like the camera's active and it, it's, you know, but I, I, about midway through the movie, it, it, it changes and really just becomes this, uh, unflinching, unrelenting present. Like the camera doesn't blink. I think kind of what you're getting at there too is there's these two different film theories. One's montage, one's mise-en-scene. So what montage is, it's a collection of shots spliced together to that maybe separately or, or just a little bit out oh, yeah. of Yeah, I, mean, I watched the doc- making of behind the scenes stuff and that's exactly how he was doing those shots early on. I mean- Yeah, uh, they don't, they wouldn't make sense, but like mise-en-scene is like long takes. So okay. think of like The Revenant or oh, yeah. All right. like in, ex- in an extreme case or the second half of this film where you have longer shots um, where they're more emotionally based or whatever. But again, back to montage, like one example of montage is sometimes like, like I've seen The Departed so many times that sometimes I like, or and like movies like- And that's so chaotically uh, edited and everything too. It's, yeah, it's it is. Like Goodfellas yeah. and The Departed are both very chaotically edited. I'm trying to like, think of this editor. It's a woman, uh, but I like it, her. I mean, uh, I, I, I liked how rough it felt. You know? Yeah, uh, Thel- Thelma Shoemaker, I think okay. is how you would say it. Um, yeah, she's a great editor. But yeah, like there's like some some like just very quick transitions. And in any movie, I guess like you could have like a scene where like, you know, a salesman gets a text, see him open his phone, you get the text for a fraction of a second, close his phone, and then he's on the other side of the state making a sale, like in the next right. shot. You know okay. what I mean? Right. Um, so that would be that would be montage. And then mise en scène is like just longer takes, like more uh, naturalistic takes, you know? Um, So yeah, we definitely see a big division with that in the first half of the film and the second half. So, because like the first half of the film kind of seems like almost your normal like exorcist or um, not the exorcist, but like exorcism movie or ghost movie with... Yeah, monster um, movie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, type of scares, and then it and then it changes. After Lucy kills all the kills the family, she turns and sees the figure because the figure is still around, and she looks up the stairs, and she says, "Like, I, I killed them." I, she smears her hand in the the blood of the mother and holds it up, like, "I did it! I did it!" You know, stop haunting uh, me. I'm sorry. Like, right. but the ghoul attacks anyway. 
um, and just very violent, violently slashing at her back. We don't get to see it clearly. It, it's again, all those very quick cuts and, you know, um, but we do see that it's whatever it is, it looks for, I mean, it's, it's obviously a woman and scraggly hair and just, I mean, totally emaciated and quick flashes of that, but it never lingers for longer mm -hmm. enough for us to make her out. But yeah, so the um, way that that goes is, I mean, it, it attacks her, she runs upstairs, barricades herself. Uh, the, you know, creature um, seemingly, you know, slips off somewhere else in the house, uh, starts uh, clanking around in like the uh, pantry or whatever. Uh, it sounds like I'm just guessing, and that sound triggers uh, one of uh, Lucy's flashbacks. The the banging of her, you know, chair. Uh, she's trying to get free, you know, and the the chains and everything. So Lucy runs away, hides upstairs. We get the flashback of the father of the household, basically like feeding her and then, like smacking her around. Yeah. And then but we don't see his face clearly, but it's right. The same it, it seems like his shape. Um, yeah. And then uh, Anna arrives, stitches up her back. After Anna stitches up Lucy's back, uh, Annie, Anna starts burying some of the bodies. And then she discovers that the mother is still alive. And Anna at this point is kind of feeling fucked up about the situation and is willing to help the mother. Um, so she's like telling the mother just to be quiet and she'll try to get her out of there is the idea. But all this time, Lucy hears, Lucy hears some noises and runs down and is like, is everything okay? And then Anna's got a body in her hand and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just fucking doing work over here. Yeah. And then, um, and then, and then Lucy says, I thought she came back, you know, which I mean, one of the big indicators is that Anna doesn't seem terribly alarmed. So, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. about the creature, uh, we never see the creature when Anna's there. So, right. Yeah. Yep. That's important. And then in the, in like the very next scene, the ghoul starts attacking Lucy again. And this time it's in the bathroom. And this is when we get the first good look of the ghoul because it's like a brightly lit bathroom. Yeah. Like she's like, holding her head over the bathtub and screaming. Just doing these horrible contortions. I mean, just mm -hmm. freaky as all hell. Um, so she's freaking out. Anna's trying to bust in the door. Anna finally busts down the door after a while. And then, you know, the ghoul, like you said, isn't really around whenever they're both around because they're kind of their protectors. Like, that's kind of like the root of their friendship almost is like, Lucy can talk to Anna about this stuff. And even if Anna doesn't 100% believe her, you know, or, you know, I think Anna would like to almost believe her, but also doesn't want to. I don't, that's, yeah, no, right. It's, that's yeah. a weird thing. But regardless, they're there for each other. Uh, so that, that's a big thing. Cause it really is, it's also kind of a movie about friendship <laughs> um, in yeah. a, in a fucked up positive way. Right. And then, yeah, um, in hopefulness, you said, you know, at the end, yeah, it's uh, with, you know, uh, letting your go self go. Self actualization, and, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's so many positive messages here. It's really a feel good pick me up movie. Um, you know, after like when they're comforting each other, um, then we get a flashback of Lucy's escape. And this time it's a woman feeding her and she like spits out the food or whatever and then uh the woman un unclicks her chains because she's probably just going to beat her or something yeah. or go crazy on her 
but she trips over like like a metal like yeah where the chain is bolted into yeah the floor. where it's yeah. bolted down a metal bolt and then like pro like you said probably breaks her ankle and yeah it looked like a break the way it bent um so the audience is got at this point like the voice is very similar the hair the body shape the height like it's like 75 percent certain right but there is still that room for doubt and it's it's already such a horrible movie you're wondering if it might not pull something like she did get it wrong she is insane i mean you know it it's i don't i mean i thought it was her too but i just i've like i've seen people that didn't catch on to the monster thing you know which i i kind of did but they really mm -hmm. that was that took them by surprise so i mean i it's hard to say like what some people might may or may not you know think and and speaking of the monster thing so on her way out she hears like screaming in a different room and she looks in a different room and yeah and she walks in she opens the door and she sees that it's the same woman that is the ghoul that's been chasing her. And she's been, you know, her, like, we don't really see exactly what's going on with her, but she seems to be in worse shape than Lucy. Um, yeah, she's and, shown from kind of an eerie distance and the lights flickering, but what we do see is not pretty. So, you know, and you can tell that she wants to save her, but she's hearing the woman scream for help, scream like, get that bitch. Yeah, well, and then I think we hear like a metal door slam somewhere downstairs. So meaning that probably the husband hears her screaming and is coming. So so, so she's yeah. got to fucking run. So now we know that the ghoul is like a mental or physical at this point yeah. manifestation of her, guilt. her survivor's guilt, basically. Yeah. And so that's why she wants to kill everybody and be, and be like, do you accept this? Is this good enough for you? somehow basically the woman makes a sound like painful moan and that's when anna is trying tries to save her at this point and like kind of like co coax her out mm -hmm. uh and then she's badly uh, i mean she's been fucking shot pretty close range with the shotgun so she's not doing so hot i mean she's right yeah, snail's pace Move, like you said moving at snail's pace and lucy pushes anna aside has a hammer and just beats the hell out of uh out of the mother well and i think i think she accidentally not deliberately but whacks anna with the hammer so she's on the ground really stunned uh can't get back up certainly can't stop lucy from finishing the mother off and she just caves her head in and yep. then she starts to smash everything in the room uh says you never believed me you know you do start to think if like okay maybe lucy's going to turn on anna now anna has to run around the house and hide it's a hide and seek thing it might turn into that kind of movie but it very that quickly goes out the window but it's always it's just playing with all these little horror tropes you know and mm -hmm. it never settling on anything and, and really keeping you guessing for that first half so now they are officially dead like so you kind of think in the back of your head like oh may maybe now lucy has done right. her penance for the ghoul or whatever and then the ghoul stay away um but the ghoul doesn't it doesn't leave well, she calls it out she says she can't hurt you anymore and i'm sorry you know and the the creature shows up and it looks quite pathetic it's writhing around at the top of the stairs and it crawls up to her and it almost seems to be tender for a moment it strokes her face and you know cradles her head in its hands 
and then things take around in this scene like this is the first time yeah. that we they we as an audience see the all three together right Anna, and this is a big moment in the scene still doesn't see the ghoul the creature grabs her by the head looks tender for a moment and then starts to smash it off the wall and then cutting their cutting her yeah. wrist right all the way down the arm yeah um, so um and when she's doing that like yeah that's when we looking through anna's pov we don't see the ghoul at all right we just um, see what we probably suspected but maybe maybe not everybody you know that yeah it's it's in fact lucy um you know uh slicing herself up but smashes her head some more and tries to get out of the house she runs uh crashes through a window runs out into the rain um anna's still stunned through all this so she's trying to crawl over to her but i think she got whacked in the head with a hammer so anna runs out after having finally regained her footing and uh lucy turns to her and slashes her own throat and that's the nice clear halfway mark of the film so um, yeah and she does it because she knows there is no getting away from like the ghoul or right you know in the psychology of the movie uh the guilt of leaving yeah. that other person behind so yeah she, so she kills herself you know i tend to remember the latter half when i think about the film but uh that time like the, the first half really stuck out to me because i mean without all the twists and turns and stuff i mean you know like uh and you just know how that's that like lucy's just such a horrifically tragic character that it just it really uh you know but but it does it might not resonate as much on a first feeling because you don't know where it's going to go and by that point you're just so exhausted but i think on a on, on repeat viewings it, it's a lot more poignant and then the second half um i i guess you know uh we see anna trying to clean lucy's body up um she calls her mother uh, and we get a sense of what you know maybe your mother's not the worst person ever. i don't know i mean but it's clear she wasn't a great mother and uh um, and it had to have some reason to be in that orphanage or whatever. Right, so it must have been bad enough, you know, whatever. So it had, yeah, she had some issues too. Right. The hammer, which had been, you know, Lucy had tossed or whatever, is resting on a shelf on, I, I think, a fireplace or something, mm -hmm. I think, uh, or something like that, or some kind of, no, I think it was a liquor cabinet. It teeters and falls, and you hear this clang, 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 you know, echo. So she goes to investigate, and that's where we find that there was a secret entrance. And yeah. I think we then know what kind of, that's where it really takes a turn because you know, you're like, okay, well, there's only one way this can really go for the second half of the movie. Like, yeah, and well, anyway, so she goes down into um, this underground chamber, bunker, whatever. It's the last stainless steel, very medical, sterile lights. She sees these horrific images of, um, I, I don't know, people, uh, I don't know how you describe them. They don't, they don't look like they're having a good time. Uh, you know, like, I mean. Uh, uh, they, they seem like they're tortured or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Very anguished faces. Uh, and they're all, but they all have the same expression. They're all like zoned out looking upward. Um, and so it's a, it's really, you know, disturbing imagery. Uh, she finds um, a hatch. Uh, she finds a key for it i forget where i don't know if it matters um i think it's just held up there hanging on the okay all right um well anyway she unlocks it climbs down this ladder into this pitch black room here's some chains uh well i don't know rattling uh, placking rattling whatever about uh she has a flashlight and so she turns a corner and there's this 
woman who's just, I mean, and I, I, I don't know how you describe, she has uh, metal plates riveted over her eyes, over her, um, uh, uh, what would you call it, to crotch, I guess. I mean, which I was thinking, well, then she can't. Over her pelvis. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, she can't even, uh, you know, obviously defecate. So she's probably going to be impacted inside. Just, you know, like when you, that's like its own form of torture. And I mean, I, it's just horrible, right? So she's, she, but she senses something in the room. And what should be horrific is, well, I think all the more so because it's just more, it's, it's so pitiable and, and sad, you know, it's like, you're not, because it's clearly a human, you know, and then, and then she starts to, she's been alone, isolated so long. She just starts to, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, uh, hug Anna's leg and so somehow she gets her out of there. She doesn't seem like she'd be in great shape to climb a ladder, but somehow she manages. And yeah, then we kind of we kind of cut ahead of that one, the getting up in the ladder. But yeah, like it's it's pretty fucked up. Um, and and to me too, I don't think it's the exact same girl necessarily as the as like the girl that we saw that's like the ghoul like I don't think that's necessarily the same per like the same manifestation or whatever you would say like it could it's probably just someone else you know it was almost a chance for Lucy to redeem herself if she had you know found that girl and they'd gotten her out of there but yeah if, if Lucy had stayed around to find that girl like maybe maybe that would have gotten the ghoul away from her but maybe not maybe not but she might have yeah, things might have went differently. They might have, uh, maybe not. Those people probably still would have shown up anyway. And, you know, I just, but I don't know. Lucy looks a bit more competent. She did just slaughter a whole family. So I think she's out of shells, but I don't know. Maybe things would have went different. I don't know. And then Anna take or gives this woman a bath, which is, seems painful initially for the woman because she's touching water for the first time in mm-hmm. I don't know how long. Uh, and then i mean i mean like you know uh you know i mean she could have called a doctor to try to get right out of her head i i don't know i did well so could have done like a traffic thing where they like do a drive-by and throw her out if she was worried about getting pinned on for the murder that's probably my only criticism of the film is that it it's trying to keep her in the house and you very much want her to get out of the house because I think certainly in the back of my mind was, uh, you know, there's a whole another half of this movie and I don't think it's all going to be centered around her cleaning this girl up, you know? So I, I figured mm-hmm. there's more to this and I, we see in the next, basically the next and, scene. And even when Lucy was just hanging around the house too, like it is kind like I get what the movie has to do, but like they could have just fucking bolted. Like, like just well, they're trying to clean up, get rid of fingerprints, all that. I mean, I guess it's you're not gonna get away with it. Well, I mean, they're you know they're gonna find whatever forensically that they're gonna find. Yeah, there like, was just blood like, everywhere. At they some point, you just have house. to be like, we're living on the run. Like, we'll know that they know it's us. Or are you? It's going to be even worse for Anna because if she finds Lucy, I mean, that's she's always associated with Lucy. They're going to know for sure it was her. So, I mean, that would be, you know, right. but yeah, well, like you said, just cut thought, the She would have a lighter sentence, but because, like, yeah, I mean, I suppose she just doesn't think there's anything more to it. Like, we got the people who did this. Maybe she can still, I mean, yeah, but morally, right. she should probably help the girl. It, it, yeah, the it's, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those, uh, like, uh, it's, 
you know, it's a common thing, but like, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like a horror movie or something where it's like, I think you would actually have a decent explanation if you, if you talk to a lawyer here, you know? <laughs> Like, like, I, I think you might just do like, you know, six months, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works in France. I, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, especially considering these people were tortured. Yeah, she might get off lighter. Like, I, you know, I like hey, I mean, they were right. And they tortured her and she snapped. So right. don't blame me for it. But that's what happened. I thought we well, were. I would still an accomplice or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine they'd. You know, yeah. right. So it's it's easily the most glaring, probably fault with the film. Um, right. It, but, it's more of a glaring device is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, like you said, device to keep her in the house. Right. Which right. sometimes could be subtler, more subtle. Um, I mean, it does a good enough job. I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah. Just it, it's like not... it, it creates reasons for her to stay there. Right. When she, you know, like she's passed out just from grief for the first night because Lucy's dad, so she can't bring herself to do it. So the next morning, you know, and then she cleans up the, the girl. And I mean, so mm -hmm. it, not too much time has passed. You know, she's not totally camped out there for like a week or anything, you know. And, and like you said, she kind of falls asleep. I believe she was dreaming about Lucy or something along those lines. I think yeah. we got a bit of a dream. Uh, but when she wakes up, she hears that the woman upstairs is screaming yeah, and she starts kind of running down a hallway and trying to escape. And then we and then we just see uh, similarly to how the son died. We don't see the shooter, right. but we see a, like a bullet just go right through her head. Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite horrible that the woman is trying to like saw her own skin off with a kitchen knife. So that that's kind of important in the next scene but um yeah and then she freaks out knocks anna down to the ground she's so emaciated though i can't imagine that whack had too much power to yeah, it yeah i was gonna say that that was another thing that's like not yeah. a major criticism but more of a nitpick of those little things that yeah. that's that's like you know i think just about anybody that's eaten a burger in the last <laughs> 20 years could manhandle her like, right <laughs> like you know what i mean like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's so out of her mind with fright. She has like almost supernatural strength. I don't, she I don't know. That, you know. She has that feral shit. Right. I, um, where, where you're like a, where like a chimp is like as yeah. strong as eight men. Right. Um, yeah. So, but, but yeah, so she goes right down the hall and then just boom. And you know, so. And then, and then that's when like, we get like the secondary big plot twist, I suppose, where um this, they're not like labeled with like a SWAT team or whatever, but they're almost operationally like a SWAT team. Where yeah, they're, they're moving in almost a formation and, you know, they're, they're doing a sweep. So yeah, they're, looks like. they're combing the area. They're yep. looking at they're looking at stuff. They finish burying the bodies. They clean things up. Uh, they put the rest of the bodies there in there. They put uh, Lucy's body right in with the mother, right in with the father, right in with the kids, right in with the other prisoner. And then Anna's imprisoned at this point. Mademoiselle shows up and she's like this old lady with like a uh, uh, scarf around her head and go yeah. ahead with that scene. Oh, uh, just she, well, she's impressed that Lucy was able to track this family down after 15 years. And the whole reason, sorry, we didn't explain that. Whole way Lucy was able to do it was that she saw a newspaper clipping because the little girl had won uh, some swimming 
uh, championship or something, the parents were there in the background and from this newspaper, Lucy recognized them. And so that's how she managed to track them down in the first place. That's kind of a big thing. Uh, so she's impressed by that, but she says, as for everything else, I mean, Lucy was just another victim. Um, and then she, yeah, like you said, explains the difference between victims and martyrs, you know, um, victims are just, I mean, they're broken, but martyrs, uh, in, envisage the suffering of the world. They take it on their shoulders and transcend themselves and they endure. And then they like reach like a different plane of existence almost, you know? Right. Yeah. And well, that's all she explains that that's the idea. Like, well, she shows all these horrible images of people and car wrecks and, you know, they all have the same look and you know, dying of cancer or whatever. Um, and they all have the same expression. So they're convinced that these people have transcended this realm and are like in between, you know, this life and the next to create somebody who can come back and relay what they've seen. And that's their whole mission, which, which I, mean, I think is a fascinating concept. I, uh, it, it might seem flawed. I, I don't, you know, but I also do, I mean, I don't know. I do see the, the, the benefit, the utility to definitively answering life after death. I mean, I think, you know, I guess it is kind of based in fact, because you see like a lot of stories where people reach up for the sky or people look up, but I mean, you don't, I guess the flaw in the storyline is like, you don't have to be that fucking tortured to have like for your eyes to go up when you're dying, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. If it's right. that simple, like. Uh, I don't but somehow know. they became completely convinced of this. I mean, I don't, right. I don't um, know. Which I'm more on the line of like it's kind of flawed and I don't. No, I I, I, I agree. I wish I mean, there was maybe an extra element to the story or to to yeah. that to that element of the story. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I mean, I I I love the movie. A little more yeah, convincing. It's, it's like, <laughs> no, I get it. it's one of those things that yeah. Um, I thought it too. That you know that's not, that's hardly confirmation that they're tranced out. You know, but. Mm -hmm. somehow they came to this conclusion they never explain how they know but they just somehow know maybe that these... if they had explained that like no because that wouldn't work either i don't know it it is a thing unless where, it was like, like a flatliners thing where they just started doing this just to do it and then like to, just to see if there's anything and then like somebody got all tranced out and but then if nobody's relayed the, then how do you, yeah, it's just. That's it what I was going to, that's what I was going to say is like the one way I would like get away, I would like do it. I, I'd like maybe believe it more as if like, you know, they had heard stories of them telling stuff about the afterlife to others. But at that point, point one, that document. person have already known. Right. And then it wouldn't be necessary to keep doing it. So I don't know. There, yeah. It's just, yeah, that's just well, if, if yeah, especially if the logical perfect. conclusion not, is to blow your brains out not after like a movie killer that scene or that no. concept. It's just imperfect, and I'm you know well, know. yeah, we're both struggling to figure out how you would exactly do. It's a really intriguing concept, but yeah, how yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, she explains it is, that it does. Like I said, though, it does have some kind of grounding in reality where there are stories of people like reaching for the sky and there's that but it's just like the level of torture you would need to get there is kind oh, of oh yeah th thank you thank you yeah no that's the thing I, I that i was gonna i was also gonna say so at the beginning of the movie i don't know how big of a point it is but well because you could see rape as being a form of torture but i think they don't want to psychologically damage people they don't want to create people like lucy they even though i mean but 
like they want them to be lucid but then again they did put that one where those total sensory deprivation i mean so i guess there is sort of psychological term, but i don't know it's it's it feels like they're just throwing shit at a wall and hoping something's going to stick you know because um yeah. uh, so they're trying all different forms of torture they've had it's later revealed a few successes but nobody who's come back so one might imagine that they try to emulate that and just not a rule for everyone. But she explains that they've tried this on little girls on everybody, old, young men, women, but it's found like that women are more susceptible. Young women are somehow for some reason more susceptible, which I mean, I think the meta thing there is, like I said, you know, that's just typically how it goes in these genre movies, you know. We have kind of a few different scenes of her, like instances of her getting just punched in the face and uh, over and over and they're uh, feeding her like the same like just gruel cool. that they fed uh, that they fed Lucy uh, in the old place. I mean, the, the, the thing is that there's, there's this big burly dude who's beating her like, right. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, one, she refuses to eat this fucking green mush, you know, she spits it out. And, and when he beats the shit out of her, like eventually she just, you know, when he turns his back, she, you know, hits like so. She's trying to hold on to her dignity throughout the course of this, but they just systematically wear her. I mean, they sh her hair is shorn, and by the bloody end of it, her face is so tumid she's completely unrecognizable. I mean, it's just it's it's painful to look at. The torture scene feels longer than it is, but it's it's like it's basically a montage, but. It's just brutal. I mean, she, I, and she falls really bloody convincingly. I've, I've also got, I mean, she's getting knocked out. He'll slap her back awake. I mean, it just, and you hate this fucking, I mean, like you're just so, I mean, so, you know, when she punches him, that's exactly how you, I mean, it just, I don't know. It's just, it, it's so hard to watch that whole sequence, which is the point. So I mean, I, I know we're not breaking it down too much, but I mean, it is really just her being broken down for, 20 minutes maybe i don't you know it feels um, longer okay so then comes my favorite scene in the movie where she's basically broken at this point and she's alone and she starts to in the voiceover speak back and forth with lucy the message of that scene is to not be afraid of your fate to not be afraid of death or the afterlife or even like bad shit that would happen to you during life um because if you just if you let yourself go and the meaning of that would be like kind of like i don't know approach life in a weird like in a way where like nothing can hurt you mm. and um you know you won't you won't be a victim you know what i mean you're gonna be a martyr where, right which is i mean yeah so where, she kind of becomes like detached from the situation i mean which is what they want and and they're detached i mean it's just it's like clinical and weird and the music in that scene is really great there's like good piano there's soft guitar yeah i wanted i want to say uh the soundtracks by uh, uh i guess a group or band i whatever called seppuku paradigm i just really like the soundtrack so i yeah glad it, you mentioned it. yeah it is a very good soundtrack overall i just think that's like a weird like theme that's kind of applicable in like people's lives where it's like you know like it's better to walk through life without you know, like be a good person, but like, it's good to go through life without fearing the afterlife, I think. So that's why I think knowing the afterlife doesn't have any utility, 
because I think if people figured out what it is, they would be like, oh, everyone gets into heaven. Let's just fucking rape and murder everything and then I... party down here. And then we're going to party up there anyway. Or you have like, like fucking weird rules. That's like, oh, if you do this and you do that, like. Well, who, who even knows? I mean, if it's heaven or hell or what it looks like. I mean, it, it's completely left open in the movie. But I mean, to me, I, I'm getting ahead. But since I, I don't know, I, I like to imagine it's just some horrible, inescapable knowledge that she, now that she knows, you know, there's, she knows it's inescapable and may as well just meet it head on. Um, but that's because I'm cynical and, you know, like, like it's, it's just hell and there's no escaping what they've done. And you guys may as well enjoy your time here because you're fucked. It's like, I think it's how I took it. I'm not saying that's the correct interpretation. I, uh, but I just took a more pessimistic look, but I mean, uh, well, I don't think that neat. I don't think that means Anna would be going to hell necessarily. Well, no, I mean, who, who knows? Like who knows what the after, like maybe it's not even traditional, like theological heaven and hell. Like it could be any number of things, right? I mean, it could be, who knows? So after she speaks to Lucy, uh, the big dude comes down and there's, well, there's like this light in like a na- yeah, these lights go on, in the adjacent room. on. Yeah. yeah and they open the door well before that in. you have that woman who is feeding her gruel it, give her the only compassionate gesture you know where i think it's actually i think it's anna that that grabs her hand and then just wants you know if not affection she's just like she's showing that she's you know accepted her role you know and then so the woman actually is compassionate and you know again the torture doesn't even start till halfway through the film i think it's what makes it so disturbing is that we've spent so much time with this character i mean you know it's not like say saw or hostile or whatever where you don't give a shit about them you know and so it makes watching that play out i mean really uh horrible and and, and unbearable. i think that's why it's so shocking i mean but maybe not necessarily in terms of the gore itself, but but the way that you get emotionally invested in the character and then watch them just go through absolutely unimaginable torment, you know? So um, I think that's where it becomes disturbing. And then they carry her into the lab mm-hmm. and in there is like this doctor wearing all black and she's in this weird like... Well, we uh, saw it in Jacob's Ladder, one of those rotational like medical thing yeah i don't uh, i don't know what you'd call them but and um, she's putting it she's putting it belly down and he cuts off her shirt and then he takes a different pair of scissors and we don't see it but we see her face yeah he starts cutting off her skin and pretty much the next scene we see is she's flayed and her eyes are beginning to like do the thing and when he just hangs her up like a piece of meat too i mean like i mean well she starts staring to the light i think um oh no yeah but then it actually breaks perspective and then we see the husband uh you know just like he's getting ready for work i mean he just you know uh he shaves showers talks to his wife she just yeah. casually asks like how was work honey basically you know like i mean it's i mean it's really creepy it's just really unsettling that people could be so disconnected from you know i mean uh she asks how how is she doing and he's like amazing and then she goes down with the gruel and uh and then we hear her kind of yell and get on the phone with the mademoiselle right away and is like 
it's like she's seeing or whatever term they use where you know she's she's becoming a martyr the mademoiselle shows up uh at this point she's submerged in fluid right um, she's submerged in like this fluid in this uh, transparent bath basically yeah and she starts seeing like these visions where it's like this black and white tunnel of mist and smoke and you look like you're in space maybe but it, well it also kind of looks like a 3d retina you know like i mean like if a retina became a tunnel you know and she's looking up at that lamplight so like well but yeah we kind of see this going on in her eye i was gonna say it kind of reminds me of some of the trippier visuals in gaspar noise like enter the void you know which i don't know if you've ever seen that i think you yeah i've seen that. enter the void and enter okay. the void would be a decent recommend i don't know it's not yeah. horror at all but but it's still part of that french extremity like, movement you know yeah so i think yeah. technically and she asks uh anna what she saw and then we get an ambiguous just like lips and we later learned that she had talked she, they had spoken for like two hours or something sometime later maybe a day later later that day maybe uh a secret society of like rich old people show up because uh rich old people be the most uh would be the most interesting to know like yeah most of them are yeah most people are just like i want to know that the party keeps going <laughs> and when you also wonder how disconnected they actually are from the process. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like, I think they all understand what goes on, but it's very different having to actually look yeah. at it. We do see people that are such firm believers that they can look at it and perpetrate all this because they so firmly believe in their cause, you know? Right. It's, but it's, it's definitely like a butcher uh, yeah. relationship where, you know. Not quite because there is a reverence, you know, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre dynamic. I mean, these are their martyrs. They are in a mm -hmm. weird way reverent to them. I don't think that's worth much to these people, especially just the victims created, you know, whatever. But this dude, this dude does a big speech of like how, like, like you said, the reverent where like, uh, you know, she's gone farther and spoken longer as a martyr than anyone we've ever seen. This is an amazing case. Uh, she told the mademoiselle what she saw in the afterlife and she and mademoiselle is going to tell us today and then uh, he goes up to the bathroom to see if the mademoiselle is ready she's locked herself in the bathroom and she's like and she asks him uh would you want to know what the afterlife is uh if you could he's like yeah and then she pulls out a gun in her purse and then she says keep doubting and then she blows her brains out yeah uh and then we I believe it's like a straight cut to black and we get the a, a certain definition. definition of martyr, mm -hmm. which is witness. Yeah. And then we get a scene once one more. final scene of Anna in the yeah, uh submerged in liquid, just tranced out and it which is a haunting image, and that's the one it ends on. Then it but then uh it's end credits it starts to play film reels of anna and lucy playing together as children which i think is there to twist the knife but also it's just like well it, that's probably the only reason it's there but i also was just thinking it makes you nostalgic for the beginning of the movie which was already completely horrible right i mean but it's it's such a downer ending that you know like god i just wish i could go back to when it was the monster tormenting people you know um but i don't know that's that's the film uh so yeah and it's really interesting where they leave us because it like we um because it does leave a 
leave a very ambiguous ending as to what she said because we don't know did Anna you know see that there's like an afterlife for good people an afterlife for bad people and then these people that have tried so hard to learn about the afterlife in their efforts are going to hell because they're fucking murdering people almost like Raiders of the Lost Ark right right yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's kind of like what I think, you know, or or maybe just that it's if you want to be even worse than that, uh, forget morals, just it's all hell and suffering and torment forever or something. I mean, who knows? Right. It's mm. but uh, we can't. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you're so desperate for any shred of justice after watching this that I, I'd like to think that, yeah, well, that they're well, damned through their efforts. The more I think about it, I really don't see what invalidates that idea that like maybe she did just lie for revenge about the afterlife, you know, and tell Madame uh, Moselle uh, that, uh, you know, it's, it is unimaginable torment or something, or you're all damned or whatever, mm-hmm. something to get them all to at least stop, you know, if not kill themselves outright or something, you know. The, the only thing that um, makes me think about uh, maybe that like there's like a positive spectrum to the afterlife in this story uh, is that like that scene where sh- she's remembering the the conversation with Lucy about like fear and letting mm-hmm. yourself go because a part part of that too was like when you're I forgot what the term was where it was in, when you're either in the dark or in danger or something like will you be there for me and she's like I'll be there for you and there might that's, be a that, that that's the moral of her consciousness at this point you know what i mean that and yeah i mean and i i think it's just anesthetic too for the audience I mean that she's because she has no choice but the you know but i mean she goes into it and and and, and does envisage suffering and i mean it's so again those that idea that like the audience is kind of the cult and she be, you know transcends the very plot of the movie by you know and and I'm like that's why I mean it's completely ambiguous. There is no way of knowing. These are all possibilities. I mean, it could be horrible. It could be great. So Dakota, uh, what did you think of like the movie, like as a whole, thematically, uh, meta-wise, anything like that for it? I was gonna say I think the whole function of horror is confronting fear, the fear of death and your own mortality. So you vicariously, you know, um, confront that by watching horror. I think. Clyde Barker had said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he put it really eloquently, like, you know, there, there's no delight the equal of dread, you know, people return to it over and over and probe it like a sore tooth, you know, like, so there is something there. Um, but in in the case of, like, martyrs, I think, well, it's kind of, I mean, I guess the, like the, the, you know, term tortured porn is almost apt just because, I mean, it's like much like porn, it gets more and more extreme. And, you know, it just like, I, I think people in their search for, some, you know, I don't know, some kind of answer. And I think the whole point of martyrs, it, it sounds like a cop-out, but it's really, I mean, for one thing, you can't answer what's after life, you know? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. so that's just not something the movie can do, but it it, it does give its, its audience an answer. And that is that there's, there's no answer. I think just, uh, you know, the, the big thing is that like, I think the audience is supposed to be the cult, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and so, and there's this that scene where like the blonde, you know, actually shows Anna some affection, like she takes pity on her, much as like we as the audience do. Yet there's the contradiction that we're still 
going to watch the rest of this movie, you know? I mean, so. It's kind of, it's almost a commentary on the torture porn. Or, well, yeah, or and then the like Anna's or... audience is martyred. So it's some girl suffering, you know, which, which is something that's brought up earlier in the movie that it seems to always be young women because in horror movies, it does tend to be young women. It's just the way it is. You know, and so, yeah, she's martyring herself for the audience here, you know, because they're, they, their need to confront, you know, I think death and mortality. Okay, just get like some IMDb facts and shit out of the way, I'll be quick, you know, yeah. right? And, okay, as so I drew up a page on that and that it actually might tie nicely into my recommendation. So first, I guess I'd start with saying that there does exist a remake that came out in 2016, eight years after the original release. I don't know how I described it to you, an irredeemable mountain of shit. It is that. Uh, right, just forget yeah. it exists. Yeah, yes, and I mean that. Like even Jacob's Ladder, the remake, it was one of those where they played around with the original elements. Somewhere in there might have been a good script. There were ideas that were maybe worthwhile. Martyrs, the remake, is a mountain of shit. Don't ever watch <laughs> it. Okay. So um, Pascal uh, uh, Lagier was uh, the assistant director under Christoph Gans for Brotherhood of the Wolf, which came out in 2001. Uh, Shout just re-released it on July here of this year. Um, so they do a lot of those cult classics 20 years later, I guess. And then Christoph Gans uh, produced Pascal Langier's first film. Uh, it's actually called Saint uh, Ange, but here we got the generic, you know, house of voices. Uh, this isn't a good movie. It's, I'm, I mean, but it has, it's so confusing. I had no idea what was happening through the whole thing. It was his first film, but it has beautiful visuals. So if you just like pretty, eerie creepy visuals and you don't want to know what the fuck's happening this is a great movie there and there are elements of it i mean some good directing right but the plot makes no fucking sense so um and yeah like you can tell there was this big moment at the end where it's supposed to be like a revelation where you're like like some emotionally impactful thing i'm like i have no clue but i want to say also there's a scene an elevator scene uh this came out in 2004 that's like ripped straight into Christoph Gans's Silent Hill adaptation from 2006. So he produced the just, uh, Silent Hill is gonna be one of my recommendations. So that's why I thought it's just kind of a fun thing to point out. Um, pretty much, so then I would just say uh, Longier's other films. So then he did The Tall Man After This starring Jessica Biel in 2012. Um, it's not so much a horror movie it's more of like a mystery maybe thriller but it has some a lot of crossover with martyrs which got jessica beale really interested she like a lot of actresses described she didn't want to do the girlfriend role and actually um the actress who played lucy uh i believe it's yeah mylene uh Jampanoy. yeah um you know again didn't she's a model for like christian dior and she i didn't really see her do much else um, but she, again, said she was really glad that, you know, she wasn't playing a girlfriend role. I think it's an underappreciated role, like for those who can pull it off and make the most of it. Like, uh, the first thing that comes to mind be like Natasha McElhone and Californication. She's just great. She does get to flex her acting. Um, she's, you know, so I, I, but yeah, it's a role that I know isn't appreciated, but anyway, um, one of my recommendations as weird as it would sound it's going to be a show called The Sinner, the first season anyway. I, I like all the seasons. The third one is a bit more mixed. But she produced, that was the first show she ever produced. She starred in the first season. You wouldn't immediately see the similarities, but, and it gets really ugly at the end. Um, like, I'm just surprised they showed that shit on, like, basic cable. But yeah, it's it's a great drama. It's a great uh, whodunit, kind of like, it. it turns into a bunch of different things, kind of like Martyrs does in a way. I would definitely recommend The Sinner. I think it's one of the best shows going right now. Nobody's watching it. This is going to be the other weird recommendation. 
um, Neil Marshall, where I feel like Pascal Langer so far has peaked with his sophomore film. I think with Neil Marshall, it was The Descent. But they both have a lot of similarities. I mean, they, they have very female-centric casts, you know, other than Dog Soldiers, I guess, would be the exception for Neil Marshall. But uh, Longier did uh, Incident in a Ghostland in 2018. So those are the four movies he's done. Um, uh, St. Ange, uh, Martyrs, um, uh, The Tall Man, and uh, Ghost uh, Incident in a Ghostland. I would also say, weirdly enough, Parasite is kind of a weird... Yeah. Parasite was one of the ones I was going to do. I was gonna really? Recommend. Okay. Parasite and Get Out were going to be the ones because Get Out's got like the secret society kind of. Yeah, that's actually a good pick. Dakota, what is your final rating for Martyrs? Well, yeah, my my score is uh, 4.5. For me, it's probably a three and a half. Um, I do like it's just a little harder for me to embrace. Yeah, I I absolutely do love a couple of scenes here, especially the like the let yourself go and then like kind of her the visions she has mm. like i think we've said before like you elevate towards horror more than me like i like a good amount of horror simply because i like movies so like yeah i'll like yeah you're you know i and i did I, I i i'll watch anything but yeah i do have like my favorites you know and so mm-hmm. horror is like one of them and, and probably nowhere and i i really like sci-fi but in the last 10 years i've kind of been let down by that so i don't know so you gave it four and a half. I gave it three and a half. That's all we have for today. Please click like, click click subscribe, hit the bell so you know when we're getting new videos out. There's going to be videos all month for this Halloween marathon. Halloween-based, horror-based. Some of them aren't exactly horror-based, but uh, they're at least Halloween-based. Creepy, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, or at the very least... Uh, Uncanny Valley. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Have a good one, everybody.